Welcome into Campo and Joe. Joe C. from XL Primetime, Coach Dave Campo. I look at him with a bit of reverence, former head coach for the Dallas Cowboys and our head coach on XL Primetime. And we're going to break it down for all of you out there, Campo and Joe, on Facebook or really wherever you go to find 1010XL on pod, in podcast form. We appreciate you joining us. Coach, welcome in. But we have to deal with another loss. Yeah, uh, disappointing, obviously. Yeah. You know, I think these games that they're in right now are very winnable. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you have to play complementary football. You can't have one side one way, the other side the other way. They got to play a little bit more together. And 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 I, I'm not giving up on this team by mm-hmm. any stretch of the imagination. I really believe uh, there's, a, there's talent on the team. I think that they will get better as the season goes on. And I don't think any of the ball games, are, are they not going to be competitive? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's say thanks to Beaver Chevrolet. They bring you Campo and Joe. They bring you all things Coach Campo, either on 1010XL, on 92.5 FM, or right here on in podcast form, beaverchevrolet.com and Beaver Chevrolet right there on Phillips Highway. What you just said, I think people need to hear, even though it still doesn't feel good to lose. Who wants to be a loser, right? We want to see some wins in Duval, but as a lot of us have said in a number of different ways, Make this football team competitive again. Make this football team watchable. Make this football team uh, take games into the fourth quarter with a chance to win. Because none of that really happened with any regularity last year, and at least it's happening now. Well, you know, the the, the stat is a year ago, uh, they had three wins, mm-hmm. and they had three other games where there was a, within a one-score game mm-hmm. that they lost. Right. This year, every game has either been a win or within the or within the one score game, right. so that in itself is improvement. Uh, again, uh, you know you have to learn to win those games, and this is again a young football team with a young quarterback, a new coaching staff. I expect them to get better as the season goes on. Eventually, everybody playing the same going mm-hmm. forward. All right, now I, I'm learning to take notes like Coach does, so I'm just going to throw a few of them at Coach because it's driving me a little crazy. When you're looking at a, a – look, Matt Ryan is a, a former MVP of the league. He's taken a team to a Super Bowl. He is going to be a Hall of Famer. But he's also a guy this year that had been knocked around, had been sacked, had been basically frustrated by a lot of defenses. This was an offensive line that both you and I thought that that this pass rush could get to. He completes 42 of 58 passes. That's good for 72-plus completion percentage for 389 yards. Season high in points, second most yards in first downs. They had 10 third-down conversions, and that's the best that they've had in that category since 2018, Coach. So that's the thing I think is what's frustrating most Jaguar fans. I know it's frustrating me with the defensive performance. Yeah, it was a rough game for the defense, and I think that uh, you know they approached the game with you know, we've got an aging quarterback that's still pretty good if he's mm-hmm. got protection. Right. Uh, can make most of the throws. And he's been getting knocked around. We've got a line that's struggling. We're going we're gonna to simplify this, get the ball out of his hands. Uh, we've lost our running backs, two of them. Right. So we're going to have to use the short passing game for our running game. Mm-hmm. And that's what they did. And they were able to complete a lot of balls. Uh, but the... The average per catch was actually less than Trevor's this week. Right. Yet they threw the ball 58 times. Yeah. Now, you know, when you throw the ball 58 times, you'd like to think that you'd get a couple of sacks out of that. But yeah. we just weren't able to get there. Uh, and uh, even 
pressures that we had in the game, he mm -hmm. was able to compete because he had a lot of guys in short zones where he could get the ball to. Yeah, this was your classic, I'm going to take a passing game and make it my run game. And as you just described, keeping bodies off of him because his he had the ball for two seconds on average and the ball was out and he knew exactly where he wanted to go with it. You, as a former defensive coordinator for most of your years, how frustrating is that for a defensive unit, defensive coach, to not be able to really defend that? Well, it's it's really frustrating. Uh, and, and, you know, especially the third downs in the second mm -hmm. half. You know, they had enough third down and sevens and eights, but it was getting the ball to somebody quick and the guy running for the first down. Mm -hmm. It was all slants. It was check downs to the back and letting mm -hmm. him run. When he did get pressure, the back was the guy that they got the ball to. Right. He had nine catches or something for oh, uh, for, uh, for a number of yards. Yeah. Uh, so it, really, it's frustrating. The one thing that I looked at as a coach that I would have pulled out of the hat, and, and you know you know me well enough to know that I don't like to criticize sure. coaches yeah, right. because I right. was one, yeah. you know, and it's easy to second guess anybody. Mm -hmm. But the one thing, if what I would have done was when I was having trouble getting to him, I'd have dropped eight. Okay. To give an opportunity so, to sh shut off the underneath coverage, right? You know, so that they didn't have the open windows, short zones, mm -hmm. and hope that my three man rush can can make him hold the football a little bit and mm -hmm. and get to him. Say that again for the fans, because this is the thing that I think probably a lot of fans, when you say it, they probably go. That's exactly what I was thinking, because you're basically saying put more people in the pattern and make sure that you you do something to slow him down. Right. And there, there were two things that have happened with this defense in this ballgame. First of all, they were ha having trouble covering man to man. Mm -hmm. They had two wide receivers, which they didn't have in the first game. Right. Michael Pittman with the and Alec Pierce. Right. And they were both guys that can run that were physical, uh, big receivers. Mm -hmm. And they they were having trouble covering them man-to-man. -man. Campbell did a good job. Shaq struggled a little bit. Mm -hmm. Even uh, Williams struggled mm -hmm. yeah, a little bit in the mm -hmm. slot. They had trouble with that, so they couldn't really blitz with man coverage. So the whole thought process going into the game was, we got to get to this quarterback. So they started zone blitzing a little bit. And when you zone blitz, mm -hmm. there's only three underneath. So all even when he got pressure on him, he was able to find holes underneath. Three-man rush, drop eight. That puts five defenders in the short areas, mm -hmm. and it cuts the holes out. Right. And, and you're hopeful that um, you can get enough pressure with the three-man line that he can't just dump the ball and make yardage. You've got a lot of eyes on the quarterback. Yeah, and, and I know if you were the defensive guy on the sidelines or eye in the sky up in the press box, it, it's maddening. But here's the number you were talking about. Michael Pittman and Deion Jackson, who was the third string running back, both of them had eight catches in the first half alone. Now, you want to talk about history. This is from ESPN Stats and Info. First pair of teammates to reach that mark in the first half of a game since the Atlanta Falcons with Julio Jones and Tony Gonzalez, who was throwing them the football? Matt, Matt Ryan. Ryan. And, yeah. and so, and they ended up. Jackson and Pittman had 10-plus receptions, first pair of Colts since Reggie Wayne and Jacob Tammy. So it really was not a foolproof game plan, but certainly a very successful game plan. Yeah, you have to give them credit. And to be honest with you, if you pull up the screen of our first game against them mm -hmm. and this game, 
they used what we did mm-hmm. in the first game. Short passes. Short passes, quick passes, get the ball out of the quarterback's hand so he doesn't get hit. Mm-hmm. So he can't make critical errors. Right. And and that's what they did with Matt Ryan. And you know, the one thing you have to remember, when you play a quarterback in the National Football League, especially one with Hall of Fame pedigree, right? you know, I believe he's number one in the NFL this year for fourth quarter comebacks. He might he's pretty be. close. Yeah. I, I don't know if he's number one, but he's close. Yeah. You don't leave time on the clock for a guy like that, and and he ended up getting us. Okay, so let's get to that part of it because this is this is uh, you know every Jaguar fan if they're not in Indianapolis they're watching the game, which is probably ninety nine percent of the Jaguar fans that are tuned in or checking out our podcast. Is that you're sitting there and you're in a fourth quarter ball game and you're excited, you're pumped because your football team scored two touchdowns early, then took control in the second half of the game. They were leading. They went on an 18-play, 10-minute drive, Coach. We're talking about soaking the seconds out of that clock. And they take it all the way down, and they take the lead, but they leave 2 minutes and 44 seconds left on the clock, and they leave it to a guy who knows what to do with it. Offense did enough to win this football game. Yeah, and I think, unfortunately, we can say that too much. Mm -hmm. You know, the defense played well enough to win last week. Exactly. Well, you that doesn't ensure the win. Mm-hmm. The win is when everybody plays complementary. Mm-hmm. And that's something that we've got to get to when everybody's, you know, uh, where the defense and the offense are on the same page and mm-hmm. playing well. Here's the thing about that drive. The only bad thing about that drive is they started it too early. Mm-hmm. If they'd have started it two minutes later, there would have been a win. Right. And guys, you have to look at the positives. We haven't even started talking about the offense, mm-hmm. but you have to talk about that drive because right. that's what Trevor Lawrence had shown that he didn't have mm-hmm. to that point. The yeah. ability to take a team when they're behind and drive the length of the field and put the ball in the end zone. Yeah. You- and he did it. So that is a really, really big positive coming out of that ballgame. It just finished too soon. Yeah, you are right. It hadn't happened with him before. And for the Colts part of this, they had not given up a single touchdown in the fourth quarter. So they had actually kind of tightened things up and basically at least helped them scratch out wins. But if you think about it, Trevor had two rushing touchdowns, was in control, as you described, to be able to go up in this ballgame 14-3 to and then take control in the second half. They come out of the locker room, Travis Etienne busts off a big run, and then they get the ball to Tim Jones, who takes it right there near uh, the end zone. They were creating a lot of plays offensively. They just weren't able to get it. Get, they gave up 34 points, including yeah. a big I mean, game-winning touchdown. You know, you have to look at it that way. Uh, it, you know, he comes out, they drive for a touchdown, he takes the next drive, mm-hmm. and they go for a botched fourth down play, yeah. which was they were in field goal range. Mm-hmm. And then he comes out and and goes the length of the field with 18 plays. I'd say that's a pretty good second half. All right. We got to ask Coach the question as we do our Campo and Joe podcast. Thanks to Beaver Chevrolet. Would you run an option on fourth and fourth and a foot? Which is what Doug Peterson called, and yeah. they almost ran out of time to get the, to even get the playoff. Yeah, probably if I was at the University of Oklahoma or, or uh, <laughs> exactly. something, you know, where they run the yeah. where they run the option, where that's their specialty. That's their specialty. Yeah. I, I, I was a little surprised at that one. 
Was that getting too cute? Well, I, I really don't understand the play mm -hmm. because, in, in all honesty, they blocked solid on that side, and the only guy they could have pitched off of was the linebacker scraping. Mm -hmm. I think that's who they were going to pitch off of, but mm -hmm. in order to do that, they had to definitely control the line of scrimmage. And what happened on the play was the quarterback was not able to attack the line of scrimmage because uh, Juwan Taylor and Sher Sheriff mm -hmm. got knocked into him, right. and he had to pitch the ball too soon, and the scraping linebacker just went up and made the tackle. Mm -hmm. So I think it's cute. They, I thought when they ran the quarterback sneak for the, two, for the touchdown, I thought they were going to come right back with it. I agree. My feeling is when you're in that situation, whatever you do, you attack them. Mm-hmm. Right. Whether it's hand the ball to Robinson, whether it's run a quarterback sneak, or whether it's a quick pass mm -hmm. to one of the receivers Be aggressive. and let him, let him get it. Yeah. Be aggressive, attack him, right. and make the play. I'm not too excited about running a reverse or mm -hmm. an option or a, you know, one of those kind of things in that situation. That, you know, that's me. I like that they had some jet sweep, uh, some reverse oh, yeah. game, uh, and some screen game. We haven't seen too many screens. I liked all of that. Yes, absolutely. I think I think uh, Doug is very creative. Yeah, and, and the other thing that I think he's, uh, at least we're, we're seeing this, and I asked you this earlier on XL Primetime, Jermichael Hasty's a good example of self-scouting and, and being aware of what other teams are seeing in your play calling, they run Jermichael Hasty out there, who is a third-string running back. And and most defenses, tell me if I'm wrong, most defenses, they see personnel changes. They think pass as opposed to run. Boom, they hand it off. It's perf perfectly blocked, 61 yards to the house. Didn't get touched. You should Those be, I love. You should be a coach. Yeah. Because I said on the, fourth, the fifth quarter mm -hmm. on Sunday night after the ball game, mm -hmm. as soon as he came out there, I'm thinking quick pass. Yeah. You know, they, they, there was no way he was going to run the ball, <laughs> yeah. and he popped it. Yeah. And and I'll tell you, they've done a good job. The one thing that this team, whoever does the short yardage, you know, mm -hmm. one of those coaches is responsible for short sure. yardage. Yeah, and, and Jim Bob Cooter's passing game coordinator, and you got Mike McCoy, the quarterback's coach, and you got Press. Uh, he might be the, sh the, the short. Yeah, one of them is looking at that. That's right. his responsibility to right. look at the defense, scout it, mm -hmm. and say, here's the plays we think would work. Now, if the option was one of them, he was one for two because. Yeah. <laughs> but they've really, they've really done a good job it, when the, when the short yardage situations mm -hmm. of making big plays. Yeah, I uh, I want to ask you guys that you think that played well and guys that you still have you know a little worry next to their name on the offensive side because we probably have a few more uh, with a little worry on the defensive side. But all in all, they were able to generate points. I think they need to get Travis Etienne a little more involved in the in the short passing game. They have worked him in, but not completely the way that they, I think they would like to. Who kind of got you feeling pretty good? Who kind of got you feeling like, ooh, not not such a good game? Well, you know, I, ha I think you have to start with Trevor Lawrence. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, to go 90%, no matter what the passes are, you know, True. you don't do that in against the air, you mm -hmm. know, in practice. Uh, for him to have that completion percentage and not turn the ball over and and – uh, run the football a little bit. I mean, uh, you know, he would be my most valuable player if mm -hmm. I was going to pick one right. you know, of the ball game. So I would have to start with him. Uh, there's no question that Etienne is starting to find himself 
as far as the ability to accelerate and make some plays with his with his legs. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, even the screen passes, you know, he's got a chance to break those yeah. uh, if they're done at the right time. And, and you know, they seem to have a knack for doing that. That's good. He played excellent. Uh, and then the, the other guy that kind of stuck out to me a little bit was uh, Jawan Taylor. Mm-hmm. I thought Jawan Taylor played his best ball game. He was really physical on the run. And, and on some of the quick throws outside the screens, he w- got out there and finished. And, and that's a plus. Still has a little problem with deep set and too much in the passing game. Right. But overall, I was excited about him on the offensive side of the ball. The guy that got me, not only did they give up four sacks early in this game to, to, to Trevor Lawrence, got him knocked around a little bit, Cam Robinson. Cam Robinson drew a penalty and gave up more than one sack, yep. had a chance to convert a big third down, did not hold up his end of the bargain, and blocking the guy was easily snuffed out. Those are the things that frustrated me about yep. Cam. And that was a little frustrating. I, mm-hmm. I didn't think he played his best game. Yeah. Uh, you know, the thing that bothers me is when I know a guy's got ability mm-hmm. and it doesn't happen, you know, and you have to understand that, you know, those guys coming off the edge are pretty good athletes, but... You know, there's no reason Cam, foot-wise, right. should ever get beat inside. Right. He may get beat around the corner because somebody does a good job of leaning and coming mm-hmm. around and getting a hand out or something. But he should never get beat inside because yeah. he's strong, he's athletic, and and a couple of those, the one the one that got hit right away on third and two, the guy came right underneath Terrible. him. Clean. Yeah, easy. An so, easy play. You know, again, uh, I would have to say... He struggled a little bit, and and I think Shatley struggled a little bit, especially in the pass, yeah, pass game. And he had just gotten back in there, taking over as a starter for Ben Barge. So we'll see if they can kind of shore that up. But I feel like running the football against the Giants, which we'll get to coming up, uh, definitely will be a, a, a right. an aid to him. Now, let's at least hit the Shaq Griffin, and let's hit the linebackers right. on the defensive side. Shaq's the poster boy for bad right now. Who isn't going to blame him for this loss when Matt Ryan throws it right over the top of him and he had two pass interference penalties? I totally get people blaming 26. Linebackers responsible, too. They gave up a ton of short completions in this game. Yeah, that that was a tough day for the linebackers, especially. Uh, you know, a lot of the game, they might have been in the right spot, but they took poor angles. Mm-hmm. They took, you know, they missed tackles. And, and you know, both those receivers are big receivers. Mm-hmm. You know, Pittman broke some tackles yes. in that game yes. for first downs. Uh, you know, they've got to play better. It was not a good game for those guys. Uh, Lloyd got beat on a couple man-to-man plays. Uh, Aluakon had an opportunity to snuff a screen, and he undercut the guy and mm-hmm. missed the tackle. So it was not a good day for them. Shaq Griffin is a little bit of a conundrum because he's – I don't know if that's the right word. That's the right word, Coach. Either a conundrum that's or an right enigma, word. one or the other. I can't remember uh, which buddy, one I'm trying to say. My buddy Dicko would always say he's an enigma. But, but no, this is a conundrum. Yeah, but, uh, you know, he struggles in man coverage, which I think we all know that's not his strength. Mm-hmm. When he's up in a press position, that's not his strength. Uh, he's a zone corner. And, uh, you know, for some reason, he... he the pass interferences, those are plays that he shouldn't make. I mean, he knows how to play the ball at the end. 
and he and he didn't. All right. Well, let me ask you this, because it appears to me that at least if I have this right, the two PI penalties is when he's walking up to the line of scrimmage and he wants to press a guy and a guy quickly gets past him. And then what happens? He's turning and he's having to grab because he's trying to catch up. It's yeah. like trying to catch a trolley and you're running. Absolutely. And that's his pro- that's a problem because he's not the fastest corner in the league. Right. And uh, when he gets up in a press position, if the receiver's good at shaking, you know, he gets himself into poor positions. Yeah. And and the final play for the touchdown, uh, you know, I, I don't I can't show it because we're mm-hmm. I guess I can show mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. You know, when you're on a a takeoff like that, the position you have to be in is right on the back shoulder of the receiver. When you're in that position, you can play the back shoulder throw with your right hand and you can reach over and play the deep throw with the left hand. Right. You don't want to be too high because you can't play the back shoulder. You don't want to be too far behind because the ball can exactly. go into the outside shoulder and it's over, which right. is exactly what happened in a game. Right. He got run by and he complicated it by turning his shoulders back to look for the ball. You can't run full speed. Mm-mm. That guy's running full speed, the receiver. Mm-hmm. He's turned like this and he ended up falling down. Yeah. A corner is taught. If he's being taught correctly, when you're in position or when you're not in position, if you're not in position, then don't look for the ball. Mm-hmm. You got to play the hands. Mm-hmm. If you're in position, look for the ball with your eyes, not your shoulders, mm-hmm. and you become the receiver. That's what he's told. Makes sense. When you have position, look with your eyes, just like the receiver does, and keep running. And then go up and catch the ball. So, Chief, are you going to put this play on our social channels later? Are you going to do that for Coach Campo when he asked to see if he could have this play that he wants to describe on our social clip? Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I'm just I'm looking at him right now. He's his wheels are turning. <laughs> He's like, we can do that. You guys have seen you guys have seen your clips before. Yeah, you yeah. always got the plays rolling. Yeah, exactly. Don't even worry about that. I always look at him like, how did he do that? How did he do that? I readjust it for the phone too, yeah. so you can look at it looking yeah. straight up and yeah, down. I make beautiful. things easy on you. Don't even worry about it. It's beautiful. We've so, got the best engineer yeah, in yeah, the world, yeah, producer, yeah. whatever. That's correct. What's yeah. your What's your title exactly? <laughs> His title is chief. He gave it to chief. himself. Yeah, just exactly. Chief, right? yeah, exactly. You're in yep, absolutely. Right. That would be one Graham, Graham Marsh. All right. So, but it's true. It, it's frustrating when you know that you're beat. You've got to try and make up ground, and then using what you just showed to the fans, go to the other side. Tyson Campbell, if he. Just just uses his eyes as opposed to turning his body. You know, they're not they didn't pick on him because they were picking on Shaq, but he still needs to be that guy that can dominate in those crucial situations and going after the football. Yeah, the one thing about uh Tyson is that uh he hasn't he hasn't gotten the confidence yet that he can look for the ball. Mm-hmm. He's one of those guys that is always playing through the hands. Right. Now I'm a proponent for playing through the hands when you get inside the 20. Mm-hmm. I'm not looking for an interception at that point. Exactly. I'm looking for an incompletion and force a field goal, mm-hmm. unless the game's on the line. Mm-hmm. If you start looking for the ball in the end zone, those receivers will go up and get it over your head and, mm-hmm. and, and make Every some time. plays. Yeah. So you want to play through the hands, but he does it on the deep balls almost all the time. And to me, that's because he doesn't have the confidence that he's in good enough position be able to become the receiver. All right, let's finish out with a couple of these numbers we were taking a look at earlier as far as where the New York Giants are at. They are are they gettable? 
give fans hope as we wrap this up because the Giants, believe it or not, have won five in a row. They're five and one, and they're a three-point dog to your Jacksonville Jaguars inside the bank on Sunday. A little bit of a curious number. I'm a little surprised by that, but I think Vegas has taken a look at it's probably time for them to have a hiccup, and this team's coming back home, and they got a chance maybe to, to, to get back on the right side. Yeah, and, and I'm not a gambling man, so I don't know how those guys do the, the deal. I know you are. Well, I was going to say, Coach, I say I'm a gambling man, but I'm losing enough. <laughs> I'm not a gambling man either. So No, uh, I, I would say that's probably the reasoning behind the—they the, They think it's probably a pick em game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You get three points for being at home, if I understand that correctly. Yeah. So, you know, that's that's a uh, probably a good— good spot to be because mm-hmm. I think it is a pickup. When you look at this team, the Giants, mm-hmm. th- they're a man-to-man team, okay, which Trevor has done well against man-to-man, and our receivers can get some separation. So okay. that's a plus. They're, they're, the concern is protection because, you know, they're a, a Baltimore Raven ex-coordinator yeah, is Wink, their coordinator. Yeah, Wink Martindale. Good and coach. So he, he knows how to attack protections and overload and do some of those kind of things, mm-hmm. but they still have to cover man-to-man. If we can protect, we're going to have an opportunity to make some plays. Mm-hmm. From a defensive stand, from an offensive standpoint, you're looking at almost the same football team, good running back, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. Saquon Barkley, it. probably the best player on the offense. Mm-hmm. He's high in the receiving yardage, and he's 5.2 rushing. Mm-hmm. So you got to stop him. If we can do that, Fadakasi should be back. We should be able to handle that a little bit. The receiving core is just like ours. They're almost all identical as far as the yardage mm-hmm. that they have and how many they're getting per game. And to be honest with you, they're spreading the ball around. Uh, Jones is only 6.4 average per completion. Mm-hmm. That's short passes, right? Games. Exactly. That's, so, so we're going to have to handle the short passes. Yeah, it's it's the high percentage don't get picked off game, which Brian Dable has brought to him because he was a pretty much a turnover machine before Dable got there. And I think that's exactly what they've started to do with with Trevor a little bit more. Yeah, and that's what they're doing with him. The difference between the team we just played and the team we're going to play is the receiver core for the Colts with those two guys mm-hmm. are better than the receiver core with the Giants. They're all about the same, and they're guys that are capable of making plays, but Mm -hmm. they're not, they don't have a a big time number one, in my opinion. All right, we're out of here. We'll throw some more at you before the week is over. Thoughts on the Giants, but thanks for tuning in. Campo and Joe, always appreciate anyone who locks on on Facebook Live or checks us out on any of the other social media channels. We'll say thanks to Beaver Chevrolet right there on Phillips Highway, beaverchevrolet.com. Drop in, say hello to Brett Morgan and the boys, the ladies. They will all take care of you. Coach Campo, as always, a pleasure hanging out with you. Joe C., Campo and Joe, Graham. Take it away.